grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is the widow at Zarephath and also the widow in our gospel lesson. Jesus talks about the self-righteousness of the scribes and really kind of attacks them. Uh, But today we want to look at the gift of the two widows. For Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance. But she gave out of her poverty and has put everything that she had, all she had to live on. Dear friends of Christ, if you read through the Bible, one thing you'll learn very quickly is God has a soft heart for the poor, but not just the poor, those that are struggling in life, but also for the widows, for single moms, who find it very difficult to make ends meet. And of course, uh, widows are those who have lost their husbands, so there's a little added thing there, you know, because again, they have kids and, and the provider has disappeared. You want examples of how God loves widows? Well, remember Ruth in the Old Testament, the Moabite? Ruth was blessed. She became the daughter of Israel, and she was the great-grandmother of King David. The Lord blessed her. Read the story. And then you've got uh, Anna, the prophetess, who basically lived in the temple. She worshiped God day and night. And she did that every day because the Lord had told her, I'm going to bless you, little widow. I'm going to put in your arms the Lord of the universe. And she was there day and night until Joseph put baby Jesus into her arms at a very old age. Well, two readings this morning. Um, uh, We see that God takes care of widows and And in the early church, another thing about how God takes care of widows. In the early church, they had offerings. And they would collect offerings of charity and mercy. Who would the offerings go to? To the orphans and to the widows. You see, orphans and widows are very important to take care of. And our two readings today are about these two different widows. And these two widows weren't so much recipients of charity and they weren't recipients of mercy as much as they are examples of our faith. Examples of how to give. Instruments of blessing. In our Old Testament lesson, we read about the widow of Zarephath. That's where she lived. Uh, It was during a drought. There was no food. Uh, there There was no rain. And she was an outsider. This woman, uh, this widow from Zarephath, was not a Jew. She was an outsider, uh, yet the Lord had talked to her and sent the prophet Elijah to her. She was about to become a believer. And like old Mother Hubbard, whose cupboard was bare, there was nothing in her cupboard either. And just a handful of flour, a tiny bit of oil, enough to make a tiny loaf of bread with her son to share before they died. The widow of Zarephath was a single mom and unable to make ends meet. Now there's another mouth in the, in the house, another, room to fe- another mouth to feed. But Elijah gave her this promise, trust in the Lord. Now remember, she said, your God. Did you pay that attention in the text? 
She says, I, I know you're God, and I know your God sent you to me, but your God needs to know I don't have enough food to feed you. And then Elijah said, my God will provide for you. And of course, we know the story. The Lord gave her an endless supply of flour and oil until the flood, until the drought stopped. And she believed it. That's the incredible thing. She, she believed the Lord's promise. She gave everything that she had. She trusted that the Lord would provide by giving. It's a lesson for us. To trust that the Lord will provide by giving. This is what the Lord God says of Israel. Until the Lord sends rain on the land, that jar of flour will never run empty, and the jug will always contain oil. Well, that's enough to introduce our theme for today. Give, knowing that the Lord will provide. God has a heart for widows. And God does not have a heart for those who abuse widows. Those who take advantage of the, you know, single moms. And in our gospel lesson, Jesus pointed out the scribes for condemnation. He attacked them because he says they were masters at manipulating widows and bilking them out of their money and into their homes, if you know what that might mean. The scribes used religion to take advantage of these widows in many ways like some of the televangelists do today, right? They come into your living rooms instead of helping these people that need to be holding on to their money. They abuse them, and Jesus condemned them. They're masters at manipulation. It turns out, in the end, God doesn't like it, when, and He doesn't take kindly to people who defraud widows. Mark tells us about another widow. As Jesus and his disciples were sitting there in the temple, and again, you know, you have to imagine this temple was gigantic and it was a center of worship for all of Israel. Uh, it was quite the worship place. And there they are sitting in the temple courtyard, and they saw this woman enter with her offering. Now, these are the days where we didn't use offering plates, we didn't use offering envelopes. Uh, the the offering collection was a brass box. And in order to give to the brass box, there was a kind of like a trumpet horn, right? That the, the receptacle, a brass trumpet bell horn. And you'd throw your money into it, it would make a lot of noise. That was intentional. The wealthy made sure it was that way, you see, because when the wealthy came to the church, they wanted everybody to know how generous they were being. And it encouraged people to give more. And the church is always needing money to pay for all the things. And so it encouraged you to give more by making more sound. The more sound you gave, uh, the more people paid attention. And of course, when the rich went in, ears would perk up, and there would be a lot of noise, and hearts would turn, heads would turn, 
and they'd all pay attention to what, exactly what's going on. Well, again, that was the sound of generosity, and that sound of clanging was the sound of generosity that would fill the whole, fill the whole temple. Somebody's giving. Listen to that. Listen to the coffers. But when the poor widow gave her two coins, clink, clink, nobody, nobody, it made no noise. Nobody paid attention. No heads turned. There was no great sound. No one even noticed what she did. No one noticed. Except for the God of the universe. The God of the universe knew. And Jesus notices what we do not notice. And he always notices the heart. He always notices faith. And this woman was giving out of faith. Jesus heard beyond just the two clicks of her small little coins. He saw the generosity of her heart. He saw the sound of faith. He understood the widow's heart. She trusted in the Lord. She knew that God loves widows and cares for widows and provides for widows. And she knew that she could give all that she had and the Lord would provide. It's great faith. She gave intentionally to give it. She came intentionally to the temple that day to give it all. She gave by faith. Put her last two pennies in the collection box. And Jesus honored her gift for all for all time and eternity. He honored her gift by saying, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put more in than all those who are contributing to the offering box. That's not what the accountants would say. That's not what the people who counted the money at the end of the day would say, who are putting numbers behind everybody's name. Oh, and she gave two pennies, and this person gave two million. And who gave more? Well, the IRS would know what to say. Her tiny gift wouldn't even feed the poor. Her tiny gift wouldn't balance the budget. Her tiny gift would do nothing. It was basically really worthless. However, Jesus said she gave more than all the others. Jesus' accounting method is different because Jesus is not basing giving on an amount. Jesus is basing giving on the heart. He's basing giving on faith. And he loved the faith of that young widow. That penny-sized offering was more valuable than all the gold in the temple treasury. Sure, the wealthy put in large amounts, but they kept the larger amounts in their pockets. The widow put in a microscopic amount, but the amount that remained in her purse was zero. She gave 100% of all that she had to give. Oh, and by the way, (laughs) you know, Jesus called this widow poor, but he didn't call her old, or he didn't call her elderly, because back in the day, it was common to have widows that were young. There were a lot of women out there who lost their husbands at an early age, much more common back then. So these widows weren't gray and old. You need to change your perspective of what a widow is in this story. That might shed some different light as you're thinking about this. Here you have a woman who probably has a child in one arm and holding a a, a child by her side. 
maybe a 22-year-old woman. What kind of maturity of faith would a 22-year-old young woman have? Certainly not the kind of faith that would be praised by Jesus. Sometimes we hold our young people short of what they can accomplish. This young woman is teaching us all about stewardship. Well, not all about. There are many aspects of stewardship she doesn't touch on. But what she does touch on is important for this day. Uh, The biblical aspects of Christian giving. First, Jesus pays attention to the heart. He pays attention to the heart that gives. The amount that is given is not important. He noticed the widow's offering. He notices your offering. He knows why you give your offering. He knows the faith that flows from the gift that you offer. God knows this, and and God cares about the offerings that our teenagers give. And some of you teenagers give. It's a blessed thing to be giving. And we need to teach our kids that. Some of our elementary school kids give. Some of our preschool kids give to the Lord. Last Sunday I had one of our one of our young kids track me down after the church service and he goes, Pastor, uh, I, I, I have, he gave me a dollar and he said, I forgot to put this in the offering plate. Can you make sure that it gets to God? I can promise you that offering got to God before I gave it to the people who count the money. Because those pennies are precious. Those pennies are precious to the Lord, giving out of faith. And listen, if we don't teach this kind of giving, the generous act of the grace of giving to our children, who's going to teach it to them? Where are they going to learn it from? They learn it from us. They learn it from the Lord. And this widow had learned it. This young woman. This story doesn't tell us to give it all, but it does surely move you at least to examine your own offering, right? You know, what are you giving to the Lord? Not to evaluate the amount, but the percentage of return. And that's a principle. That's a biblical principle. If 10% of what we give was a benchmark in the Old Testament, what is the New Testament benchmark? And the Lord says the New Testament benchmark is give sacrificially. Well, what is the sacrificial gift to you? It may be 10%, it may be 20%, it may be 40%, it may be 90%. Depends on how much money is in your, in your pockets, right? She gave sacrificially. And the point is not that we give our every last penny the way she did. That's not the point of the parable, of the story. But the point is, she gave sacrificially. And she gave as an expression of her faith, and we can do that too. To give as an expression of faith. As that offering plate passes by, it's not a way to pay your way into the church. It's an offering, it's an expression of your faith. It's a gift to the Lord. It's hard to look at it that way. In the Old Testament lesson, again, we get to the widow of Zarephath. And when the Lord directed Elijah to go to her for food, Elijah must have thought, well, this widow certainly has the means then to take care of me. She certainly would have the means then to feed me and to give me some, show me some hospitality. So he shows up and he finds her destitute. 
and he's asking for her last meal. Feed me first. Then you can feed, if there's anything left, you can feed yourself and your son. And of course, by the grace of God, who loves widows and cares for them, and who loves the fatherless, the flour didn't run out and the oil didn't run out. And there was food for plenty. Always more. Because the Lord always provides. There's always enough. You'll have clothes. You'll have shelter. You'll have food. And you know that too. And you believe that. You understand those blessings. After all, the Bible says, He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also graciously give us all things? So your Sunday offering is a chance to show that you believe it. Your Sunday offering is a chance to express your faith. Your Sunday offering is a chance to show that you trust in the Lord to provide all things for you and to thank Him for all the things for which He has provided. These two widows show us what godly giving looks like. But we'd be a great mistake if we looked at these two women as teachers of the law. The dear widow with her two coins wasn't merely singled out by Jesus to make us feel guilty that we're not giving all. That's, that's, that's missing the point. The, 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 the widow who gave her two pennies to make us feel guilty that we're not doing what she does. That would be missing the point. Because this young widow was pointing to Jesus and soon His cross on Calvary where Jesus would give it all. Because God gives it all. And Jesus gave everything that He had. The Bible says she gave all she had and Jesus gave everything that He had for Calvary's cross to save you from your sin, to make you His child, to wash away your sins. And when Jesus made this offering, it made no sound. There was no clanging in the coffers. There were no gold pouring down from heaven. There was no fanfare. The Bible says He was like a lamb led to the slaughter. It's a silent offering. A silent offering. A silent gift. And He gave all He could. Shed His blood to wash away your sins and mine. To secure our salvation. Jesus, Jesus gave all He had so that you, the poor, might be rich. And we are in Christ Jesus made rich by faith. By faith, in Jesus, you provide the riches of His grace. You enjoy the riches of His grace. By faith, your sins are forgiven. By faith, you have the eternal promise of God. And if God can handle the big things, forgiveness, eternal life, and salvation, if God can handle the big things, don't you think you can trust Him with the little things? Food and clothing and shelter and things like that. Sometimes your gift may not be much larger than the widow's two mites. We just had an auction for the school side last night. Great amounts of money being thrown around. It was, it was, it's a blessing to watch. It's a blessing to watch uh, those who have money support ministries and watch faith in action. Because that's what it is. It's either faith or it's a show of pride like the scribes. 
But for those who are there to give generous, generously out of their hearts, what a great opportunity that is. And there are some people raising their hands and bidding, and they can't afford to bid. But they gave to support. If Jesus is faithful to provide the big things, why not trust Him with the small things? And yes, your offering may not be as, as, uh, any larger than the widow with two mites, but the Lord knows your heart. And by faith, you know that the Lord will take care of you with His love. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Let your hearts not be troubled, He says. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and what will God do? He'll provide all the rest. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and the life everlasting. Amen.